Welcome to Factum Agri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and producers, the science community, industry, and policymakers to hear their stories and expert opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. I've talked about succession on a few occasions, and given how important this process is, over the next four weeks, I am revisiting this all-important and often challenging area of farming. So, welcome to the ASB Rural Insights Succession Series, where we're talking about farm ownership transition from all sides. And each week, we'll be profiling farming families, talking to experts from the advisory sector, and investigating new opportunities for farmers thinking about diversifying their farming business. When it comes to what's next for the farm, there's a lot to think about. So we aim to share success stories, provide useful tips, and help you understand more about the many facets of succession planning in the food and fibre sector today. In our first ASB Rural Insight Succession podcast, I sit down with Ben Speedy, General Manager of Rural Banking at ASB, to get his thoughts on succession and an introduction to some of the ways ASB can help farming families navigate the waters of succession. I also have Sandy Van Den who is a director at Blackman Spargo Rural Law, to get her thoughts on some of the ins and outs of succession planning. Firstly, let's check in with Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Hello. Please tell me, Sandy, uh, what is your background and in particular your experience in the succession space? Okay, I am a director of Blackman Spargo Rural Law. So we are a law firm that specialises in legal work in the rural sector um, and that encompasses a wide range of legal services for predominantly farmers Um, and a large part of our practice involves succession of farms because that's a really important issue for a number of our farming clients. Mm. Um, Our previous senior partner here who is now retired, Ian Blackman, identified succession planning as a major issue for farmers so he wrote a book called Keeping Farming in the Family, and I've worked closely with Ian for many years and been involved in succession plans for many farmers for over a period of about 25 years. That's quite interesting. How would I get my hands on that book? Uh, I'd imagine it's quite an interesting read. Yeah, so there is a website. If you Google the name, Keeping Farming in the Family, um, it'll take you to a link where you could uh, purchase that book. Fantastic. Now, there are plenty of challenges families face in setting up the succession, What are some of the traps to avoid? The first one I would probably um, draw to people's attention is leaving it too late. Mm. So a lot of farmers, for whatever reason, do tend to defer making some hard decisions about succession. And we do see a number that uh, actually leave it to be part of their estate plan rather than an active succession plan during their lifetime. So I would suggest to people that it's important to start early. Um, a number, uh, another one is a lack of planning. So it's important because there are a lot of steps involved that people don't get overwhelmed by the process. So uh, it's important to break down the steps involved into manageable uh, pieces mm. and clearly identify future goals and how to achieve them. So having a clear vision is key. It's mm. also important that the farmer has an experienced team behind them. So that will encompass a number of professionals such as their legal advisor, accountant, bank, uh, banker, and possibly depending on the family dynamics, a facilitator might be useful as well. 
Yeah, okay. Some really good advice there. And particularly around having a conversation early, that's one that comes up time and time again with people I talk to, particularly professional services. Um, What are some of the key features of any successful succession plan? Financial viability is probably the number one key. So if the business isn't going to be financially viable for the farm owner and the successor, um, it's, it's likely that the succession plan will fail. So financial viability is key. And also considering uh, the emotional needs of, first of all, the owners of the farm property, but also consideration of whether it meets the emotional needs of all the children. Mm. So a lot of children will be wanting to ensure that mum and dad are secure in their retirement. Um, keeping the farm in the family is often important, not only for the parents, but for the wider family. Having the right legal structure is important, but it needs to be flexible enough to be able to be adapted to change whether that's a change in the circumstances of the parties or changing in the law. And it needs to be reviewed regularly. So once it's in place, it's not enough just to sit back and um, let it lie. It needs to be reviewed regularly because things do change. Mm, Indeed. It's really interesting. And something that came up with Ben Speedy from ASB as well the other day when we caught up was expectations. Um, How do you deal with the differing expectations of children? And of course, those who want to take on the farm and those who don't. Yeah, that is a really common um, issue that arises, and it does depend largely on the family dynamics. Um, but it's important to think about the successor on the farm. You know, he may have, or she may have given up a lot to be there, you know, the other opportunities, working long hours. Um, so that all that has to be balanced against the fairness to the non-succeeding children as well. And if I ask any of my clients what they perceive as fear, I'll get a number of different answers there. So when you're in the planning stage, that is something that does need to be teased out with the parents. What do they consider as fear to the successor and to the the non-succeeding children? And then how are we going to get there? Um, Yeah, But I'm a strong advocate that the people that have the legal ownership should be making those decisions and it can be really fraught with problems if before the parents have a clear plan on where to go they involve the wider family Mm. so I would always advocate to get the plan in place first and then share it with your wider family but you're seeking feedback you're not seeking permission Mm. In reality, is it realistic that every child, for example, gets treated equally in order to maintain the same land holding or, or keep the farm? No, not necessarily. Um, but again, that's a question for the people that have the legal ownership in that asset to make. Mm. And a number of people will think that fairness, uh, equality is fairness and others may not. Mm. So there's a wide range of factors there. And with a lot of the succession plans that I'm involved in, Um, the parents are trying to be fair to their children, but it may mean that the succession plan is going to be implemented during their lifetime, but continue until after their death. And that may mean that the non-succeeding children will get an inheritance at some point in time, but not to jeopardise the viability of the farm. So they may just have to wait. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a good thought that. And what are the legal requirements of a succession plan? Uh, Having an appropriate legal structure is key. So that needs to be um, considered. How is this going to work from a legal perspective? And Mm. often that is ownership of the farming assets through a company with a family trust owning the shares. 
Okay. Um, there's a lot of a lot of compliance obligations on trustees now that must be un- understood, and that's even more important because we now are regulated by the new Trust Act that came into force in 2020. Um, considering the contingencies that could occur when you're doing the plan is something that is very important. Uh, for instance, what if there is a premature death of a parent? How is that going to work? And we uh, in our firm use memorandum of wishes, which are like a de facto will, and they have the plan for succession incorporated in there in case this occurs after the, the passing of the parents. Uh, it means that the trustees of their trust have a very good understanding of how the parents perceive the succession plan to work. Mm, okay. So you need to make sure that all the personal legal documents are in order. So that they've got wills in place, that they're up to date, that they're reviewed regularly, and they are also consistent with the plan that you've put in place. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, some really good thoughts there. I thank you very, very much for your time today. No problem, Angus. Nice to talk to you. Blackman Spargo Rural Law have a solid history in helping farmers through succession. The right advice is important, and engaging in the process early with professionals that are experienced in succession is critical. And of course... That is not limited to the law, but the knowledge and support of your banking partner could be the difference between a successful or unsuccessful succession. Ben Speedy, General Manager of Rural ASB, joins me now. Hello Ben, thank you for joining me today. G'day Angus, how are you? Yeah, really well thanks. Now tell me, why is succession such a challenge for farming families to deal with? Yeah, good question. I mean, the real challenge with succession for most farming families is actually you're talking about what you're going to do with someone's life's work. So, you know, most farming families, the, the, the primary farmer has been on the farm for 30 years. They've been, you know, day in, day out, been making that farm better, trying to create a better business. And so when you're having a conversation around succession, you're ultimately talking about the fact that, you know, all my life's work is, is, is coming to an end, whereby is it going to be handed on to the next generation? Uh, or what are opportunities around sale? Mm. So yeah, that's the primary reason why why it's difficult. I think if you if you play that out a little bit more, you know, it's also quite difficult in the fact that you know most farming families aren't in a position to enable succession to happen to one child while remaining fair to the other children, but also providing a lifestyle um, for the retiring farmer. Mm. So you know that that makes it quite challenging. And then beyond that, you know, the conversation's often left too late. And and secondly, you know, both parents and children struggle to articulate what they each want. And, you know, most conversations that I've been involved in from a succession point of view, you know, typically the parents will say we want what's best for the children. The children will say, well, they want what's best for the parents. Mm. Um, and it takes quite a bit of time to actually truly unearth, you know, what the what the motivations are. Um, to be able to get it into a place where you can start having those difficult conversations around can it be a fair or equitable transfer of wealth or equity or the farm uh, and things like that. So fraught with difficulty, but at the same time, you know, it, 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 it's a really important conversation to have. Why is ASB backing this series? So every year we do some research uh, where we interview uh, farmers across a range of things and, and one of those questions is around what's uh, keeping people up awake at night. And in our last research, we found that succession is probably the topic that uh, that, that uh, is keeping people awake at night. 
the most with 60% of our farmers uh, thinking about succession at the present point in time. And, and when we get our next research in, you know, in a couple of weeks time, I would suggest that figure will stay relatively the same. Um, mm. The reason that, you know, ASB wants to sort of push it along is that, you know, we really need our industry to thrive. And so to enable that to happen, we need to ensure that there's an appropriate transfer of capital that happens from one generation to the next. And, you know, if you look to see what's playing out in the industry at the moment, and you say, say, take sheep and beef and forestry as a very emotive example of that, um, you know, we need to ensure that we've got thriving sheep and beef farms if we want to ensure that, you know, more and more farms, you know, stay farming sheep and beef as opposed to going into pine trees. Uh, beyond that, um, from an ASB perspective, you know, we've been supporting our customers for the last 30 years. You know, we've been sitting around the kitchen table uh, helping all these, you know, plans come to fruition around making a better business. And, you know, we obviously want to see, um, you know, our, our retiring farmers, you know, extract as much wealth as they can um, whilst achieving their goals around, you know, should they wish to, to transfer the farm. And then finally, you know, I really honestly believe that there's no better time to be discuss discussing uh, succession. You know, there are just so many opportunities that are available uh, to farmers at the moment with regard to, you know, how to create appropriate income streams to really help with uh, handing the farm, if that's the choice, to, mm. to the next generation. So I just, I think, you know, there's, there's never been a more vibrant time for agribusiness or agriculture. And, you know, because of that, it's a really good time to be talking about succession. What do you think the role of your rural managers is when their clients are dealing with succession planning? I think the first one, which is often overlooked, is actually what we need to do is to make sure that the current business is as strong as possible. Because uh, there's no doubt that the stronger the business is, the more options there are available for farm succession. So that's what's the most important thing is around how do we make sure that our customers have got the best um, or the strongest business as they possibly can. Um, the next piece around how we sort of embark on that conversation is that we actually really need to understand, you know, what is it that each party wants to get out of farm succession. So um, the current, the, the, often the case is the parents, you know, what, what does success look like for them? And ultimately um, their decisions are gonna start to drive, you know, the options that are available for the, the children uh, to be able to get into the farming property if that's what they like. Um, we, it's, we also think it's really important to ensure that rural, you know, the clients, uh, rural professionals are also involved. Mm. And so, you know, we really stress that it's not just the banker and a client, it's really good to get the accountant, the lawyer, the farm advisor, all of those sort of trusted advisors to that customer's business that they're, they're sort of part and parcel of those conversations. Mm. And then from there, we can start to shape up around, we're clear around what those goals and aspirations are, you know, what success looks like um, with regard to a well-executed succession plan. And then it's sort of the from a banker perspective we start to look at you know what structures can work um with regard to you know how the business is actually structured what the banking can look like and um, do a whole lot of scenario planning um with the customers around you know what those you know each of those uh, options look like mm. and then it's around you know really good communication between all parties uh around you know is this aligned with what we want to keep checking in um, and holding our customers accountable with regard to how we're progressing against those goals. And, you know, because succession is not a, you know, hey, let's just around the kitchen table and have the conversation and get it all sorted by tea time. You know, it often, you know, it, it can be years fine tuning around what that succession plan looks like. And it can mm. be, you know, 20, 20 or 30 years in terms of executing uh, that strategy as well. So, mm. you know, it really is a, uh, a long term 
long-term plan. What are some examples where ASB rural managers have helped farmers through succession planning? Yeah, so probably the you know the, the, the most common one that we see at the moment with regard to this farm succession is, you know, early on in this, the setup of the businesses around is the farming business of sufficient size to be able to enable succession to take place um, with an eye on how many children that I've got, what are their mm. goals and aspirations, and therefore what does the business need to look like? And and probably the most um, recent, well, you know, c- common example of that, you know, and we saw a lot of this, you know, particularly through the dairy expansion in the South Island is, you know, we had a lot of dry land farmers um, and when they thought about their business and how can I make it as strong as I possibly can, you know, changing land use from, from sheep and beef uh, into dairying, um, and then expanding the dairy farm and then being in a position to be able to, you know, purchase, you know, multiple dairy farms to be able to put mm. children into, you know, that there is, you know, was quite a common conversation that we were having. Mm. Um, and saying that that's quite a, you know, very few, you know, farmers actually get to be in that position, as I said mm. right at the start. You know, most most farmers have got, you know, a singular farm uh, and so that does make the conversation a lot harder with regard to that sort of fair and equitable transfer of wealth from one generation to the next. Mm. And so ultimately, it probably comes with having conversations with the identified uh, child um, that or children that want to pursue the farming interests and then actually starting to bring plans together in the short term with regard to you know how we enable that succession to take place so that might be an example whereby you know the trust is leasing the farm it might be an example whereby um the the child's assets are pulled with the parents assets and into a company structure and the child starts to purchase uh, more shares within the company Mm. or it might even be you know um probably you know one of the sort of the things that does keep people awake at night with regard to farm succession being you know do i provide wealth to my children while they're young and can actually use that capital now to be able to grow as much wealth as they possibly can or do i leave it to, to later on whereby you know it's me you know trying to generate as much wealth as i can and then passing it on so when you think about that you know and you think about you know probably you know housing is an example which you know has been an asset class that's outperformed any other asset class in, in, in the country in recent time you know if, if funds were getting advanced early on with regard to you know helping a child into a home uh, or doing things like that then you know there's a fair bit of wealth that's getting created um, off their own bat earlier rather than later so it's not you know so that you know enables options rather than leaving it to the end with regard to um, once someone's farming time is finished and how that how that um, gets transferred. Um, beyond that, you know, and sort of touching on diversification a wee bit, you know, that's probably a conversation that we're having more and more now. So, yep. you know, if you take a drive through to Waikato at the moment and you, you know, drive from, say, Hamilton through Tawamudu and heading further south, you know, you just see the amount of diversification that's happening in land use, you know, be it sheep milking, Mm-hmm. Um, be it land getting um, put into lifestyle properties and the like. And, you know, we are seeing, you know, children going off uh, acquiring new skills, for example, which might be, you know, learning about sheep milking and coming back and, and converting a quarter of the farm into sheep mm-hmm. milk. Um, and that there is provide, providing a viable uh, opportunity for the children coming into the farm without impacting on the viability of the overarching farming operation so that would be one example of it and then back to my earlier example with regard to sheep and beef you know like you know are there opportunities now to really plant that unproductive land or non-productive land 
uh, into pine trees and start to generate you know carbon income which provides a, a passive income stream um, be it for um, the persons retiring off the farm um, for their own income or uh, to children that are not involved in, in the farming business mm. and um, so they've got that income stream as well yeah what about off-farm investment as small as an initial off-farm investment might be but over say 40 or 50 or 60 years that can actually generate some significant wealth and of course that can help provide a retiring farmer more options for children and help the succession transition yeah it really can and you know we definitely do see that with regard to you know some of our more successful um you know succession plans is that there are other other assets in the pot so to speak Mm. Um, to be able to, you know, uh, hand on to children mm. to enable that sort of one child that wants to carry on with the farming to be able to farm mm. um, without, you know, excessive debt. So yep. Yep. we definitely are seeing that. I think that the important advice that we provide to, to customers around when you're looking at off-farm investment, um, be it through, you know, enabling a succession plan later on down the track or just purely around, you know, creating more wealth for now is understanding, you know, do you have the capability to understand what that off-farm investment is? Mm. Um, do you have the expertise to be able to run it? Mm. If you don't have it, how can I access those expertise? And yep. you know that's why we're seeing huge investment in housing because it doesn't require a huge amount of you know financial acumen around understanding those yep. investments, and, and it has provided a significant upside. Mm. Um, so you know that's what we we definitely are seeing at the moment. Mm. Fantastic! Look, I know you're busy, Ben. So thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been a great chat. And, you know, like our, our, our customers love, um, you know, bankers love working with customers to ensure that, you know, we're helping not only grow the immediate business, but, you know, to create an enduring business that uh, can succeed for multi-generations. And, you know, most of the farmers, you know, like myself, are part of multi-generational farms. Um, you know, we really enjoy seeing that success. So, you know, if you've got any questions, you know, um, our people, will, you know, uh, will rise up for these conversations and say, get amongst it. Fantastic. Thanks, Ben. Thank you again to my guest today. And remember, it's not too early to start thinking about what's next for your farm. And it's never too late. Listen out for next week's episode, where we share a story from a farming family and their experience with succession. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time.